0: Welcome to Cine Simplified,
1: a podcast about all things cinema, simplified. I'm Jason dudley And I'm Ryan Akiza.
0: And we're going to be talking about everything film and television. From stuff you should watch. And stuff that you shouldn't watch. New gems in
1: festivals.
0: And on streaming platforms.
1: Interviews with distinct voices in front of and behind the camera. In the hopes of proving that you don't need to be in film to talk about film. In this episode, the Oscars 2022 nominations simplified.
0: How are you, Ryan? How are you doing today?
1: Okay, so I watched two pieces of media this week. So I finished Peacemaker because I heard that there were certain people making a cameo at the season finale. So I watched it for that reason. And Uh generally, I think it's alright as a show. And I think James Gunn does a lot of great character work. And generally, while I feel that it's solid, I still think that James Gunn needs to learn restraint. Restraint with his sort of style of comedy where he likes it when characters veer off topic and he likes it when characters sort of make like those childish names, those childish jokes and everything. And it works for a film like Guardians of the Galaxy. And to an extent, The Suicide Squad as well. Two films I really like. But for this television show, which is essentially a six or seven hour long film, I feel like there's too much of it. While it's solid, I think there's room for James Gunn to have, you know, restraint. So that's how I feel about Peacemaker. I, I still think it's great. Uh, the the second next one. thing I watched was West Side Story. And yeah. I watched it in the theaters. It's a funny story, Right. Immediately after this, I was interviewed by ABS-CBN News, like, outside the cinema, And uh, I didn't think much of it until, like, two days later when I was in a debate competition. And there was, like, a barrage of people. Like, I think 30-plus people just sent me a friend request like and, uh, and, like, message requests at the exact same time. And I was wondering, what happened? <laughs> like, did I go viral for something? Or, like, yeah. was I... <laughs> Did I do something wrong that I didn't know? And then, yeah. lo and behold, I saw the news, the replay, and it showed my full name, Ryan Akiza. And the funniest, oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to swear. Uh, I'll cut that. And the funniest <laughs> subtitle next to my name, which is Ryan Akiza, Nanood Nang Sine. And I love that. It, it was like, so funny to see, and so surreal as well. Cause, like, that was the first time I've also made it to TV Patrol, so I guess that's an accomplishment. So, yeah, <laughs> there was that. I think it went viral as well there when I posted it, but yeah. yeah, so I'm now internationally and locally famous for watching movies. Um, wow, yeah. Oh, also, I forgot, uh, Rappler, I got a review, uh, West Side Story, and it's out, and that was nice. So, officially, you have two Rappler writers. Uh, about film on this podcast now, so yeah, yeah
0: that's cool. Uh, Congratulations, Ryan! So Ryan wrote so a review much. about West Side Story on Rappler. You can check that out. Uh, I guess what do you talk about there? In the review, can you talk, I talk
1: about, about how it's so much better than the original? <laughs> I mean, I didn't like the okay. original as much. I think mm-hmm. it's good, but there are lots of things that prevent it from being like a really really good film because like if you look at it as a whole there really are some weak parts like the the lead character Tony is not good in in that version I mean even in this version right it's Ansel Elgar he's quite a controversial figure but I think because the writing and the small minor tweaks in this film uh were done in the interest of like of being more conscious of the culture and the identity of the Puerto Ricans like that one singular change already elevates it more than the original so that's how I feel about side story. yeah so that's basically it uh, that's quite long so how about you James how are you
0: I'm good I just got back to the laboratory today, like literally today, and I'm doing experiments. And it's very weird to be a scientist, like, especially in a pandemic era. Um, we're all wearing masks. I have to, like, do a bunch of forms before I leave my dorm and then go to the lab. It's it's kind of weird. Um, but it's actually, i missed it a lot. And I hope that my experiments in the next couple of weeks are fun. Film related stuff, however, um, I recently uh, finished this piece on emerging Filipino film directors uh, that I hope will be released sometime soon. Uh, Hopefully before this podcast gets released. But yeah, um, I list down like eight Filipino film directors that I think we should watch out for and they're really immensely talented and I hope that they get more projects and more funding. Um, apart from that, I've been catching up with the Oscars films. I caught up with, I binge watch all, all of the seasons, all of the episodes of Euphoria because I have to write about it as well. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty interesting. The second season is pretty interesting, pretty uneven, but I like some of the more recent episodes a lot more than the previous episodes. But I guess we're not here to talk about euphoria. We're here to talk about something else, right? Which is- So,
1: Jace. Yeah. Our topic for this episode is the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And since we're a podcast about simplifying stuff, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't know our good friend Oscar here. So who is Oscar, right? And (laughs) why is- he's so famous after like what 90 plus years he's still here so jace what are the oscars
2: okay so the oscars
0: are basically the Acad- academy award for motion pictures motion picture in the arts am i right is that right yeah so it's basically a group of individuals who belong to the film industry whether they're directors actors cinematographers producers you know all of all of the people who are part of the Academy, um, they basically do a voting process every year to celebrate the best quote-unquote best films uh, in supposedly the world, (laughs) because it was a previously televised event and it eventually sort of became this bastion for supposedly good taste. Um, Over the years, obviously like the Oscars have both amassed a following, but also lost a following because of a lot of controversies around it. Um, but in general, like people really look to the Oscars for, at least for us, you know, cinephiles, people who are interested in film, even people who are just like normal moviegoers, or just people who aren't even in touch with film. You know, they, the Oscars play a huge role in what we, kind of consume as a popular in terms of popular culture, because a lot of Oscar films eventually make it the star movies, eventually make it into theaters. Um, It's the Oscars have a huge commercial value and uh, economic value associated with it. Um, So maybe that's, one of the reasons why I think it's important for us to talk about these nominations, because eventually these are the films that will be increasingly accessible to us, whether that's because of, you know, screeners and all of that, or whether it's because it becomes an Ayala Mall's exclusive, you know, <laughs> the like. So yeah, um, so yeah, the, the Oscars are basically a celebration of uh, international cinema supposedly but in in truth it's actually a very local ceremony it celebrates a lot of work especially in hollywood um a lot of emerging some in emerging independent filmmaking as well um in the recent years so yeah um is that uh i don't know if i really gave a very accurate talk about the oscars uh do you have anything to add ryan
1: why should I like the Oscars over the MTV Movie and
0: TV Awards? Okay, first of all, I never, I never pit those two against one another because I love the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I didn't know that. Uh, no, 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 I, you know, you, you form different attachments to things, right? Um, but obviously the MTV Movie, uh, Movie Awards, um, they're more of a celebration of commercial cinema, um, what it's. Is it fan voted? Is that fan voted?
1: I'm pretty sure there are lots of fan voted pretty sure. there. Yeah,
0: there are some fan categories there. I think the Oscars, at least until this year, and I feel like you'll talk about that later, <laughs> the Oscars, the Oscars have been more or less like just a limited body, I think, of filmmakers, mostly from the US, but obviously in the recent years because of Oscars so white, um, which is for context, um, a bulk of the voting body of the academies, like different academies, you know, um, in, 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 the, in the movie industry, and also in the television industry and the like, have been predominantly white, male, um, of a particular age bracket, usually older. And uh, in the past few years, the Oscars have um, thankfully expanded towards a more international audience. They've started recruiting you know, members from different parts of the world, specifically members that were previously in underrepresented regions, including the Philippines, actually. Um, so yeah, um and now I think if we look at also the nominees, there are a lot, there are a lot more international nominees than uh, there are a lot more uh, fi- films that I guess premiered at international festivals and the like. So maybe we can talk about that as well, but. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why definitely the Oscars are important over like 10 TV movie awards is because to a certain extent, the Oscars are simultaneously a reflection of popular culture, but also uh, dictate popular culture to a certain extent, right? Because Oscars, Oscar films are more likely to get distributed. Oscar films are more likely to also be preserved in the long run. Oscar films will be more talked about because, you know, to be nominated for an Oscar is a big deal, apparently, in the, not only in the film landscape, but like in a lot of other landscapes as well. Um, Yeah, so I I don't know if I can say that for every film that has won an MTV Movie Award, (laughs) in all honesty. Uh, I can definitely say that about Twilight, which I think has won a bunch of MTV Movie Awards, but yeah that, that's what i that's what i think about when okay. i think about the oscars so the
1: mtv movie and tv awards are voted by young pre-teen teens, but yeah the oscars are voted on by old white men got it all right yeah all right N-
0: not not as much anymore but like you know i i wish i wish also that like more members of the the oscar body like are also you know, younger, in you know, honestly, <laughs> and from regions like us. But yeah, um, it's really the equivalent of the Oscars, I think, if I'm right, is the FAMAS Awards, because it's voted by people within the filmmaking industry, uh, or the motion pictures industry, because it's not all, all about film. But yeah, the motion pictures industry. So yeah, um, there are obviously other awards that um, celebrate film. You know there are the Golden Globes. Um, there are also, I think, different different critics awards like the Critics Choice Awards, the SAG Awards. You know all of those things, um, and those definitely celebrate a specific aspect of of film. Like the the Producers Guild Awards, um, the SAG Awards. Those are are specific to like a particular category, I guess. But in the larger scheme, I think supposedly the oscars celebrate like the widest and the best um (laughs) films but you know you know that's not always the case people still have a tendency to i guess vote for films that are you know from hollywood or celebrate hollywood or celebrate um the motion picture industry you know and like so yeah I'm not sure if that simplifies things, in all honesty. Uh, you can check out a lot. There are a bunch of great YouTube videos about introducing like the problems with the Oscars and also like the 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 process of voting, uh, which I find incredibly, incredibly interesting. Uh, but maybe, I don't know if we'll go
2: deep into today, yeah.
1: All right, Chase. Uh, I love the Oscars. Uh, I've yeah, been you do. Yeah. obsessively following this since 2014 to 2015, even as a young. Ooh boy who probably should have been more interested in the mtv movie and tv awards but i think it's a great season like you know january to february because back then i think the oscars usually occurred in february but because of the pandemic and everything it occurred in like april and then march this year right so now i feel like the oscar season is always this avenue for film lovers to collectivize and sort of just celebrate film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not all celebration. It's also a lot of bashing and a and lot of very huge drama because yeah. of snubs, obviously because if you know, people feel passionate about actors or feel very passionate about a film. And of course, yeah. this is also an issue as well, because the tastes of the Academy usually don't reflect the taste of the wider audience. So recently, That's there's crazy. been a huge drop off of audience viewership because a lot of the films that are being nominated are very, you know, admittedly, they're very artsy. They're very hard to see. They only usually have limited releases. So they aren't as available to countries, like, especially a country like the Philippines we're in. We're only getting the Oscar releases or the films that were nominated for an oscar now in like february late february and most Mm -hmm. of these films already premiered like in december november october in the us and other countries so there really is a lot of talk about accessibility and a lot of talk about um, whether these films really do reflect the general viewership tastes of the audience but i think it's also part of the reason why the oscars are more of this normalizing figure they want a normalized taste they want to sort of set a standard for what a kind of film is that they want to be able to recognize as good which is why there's a lot of jokes about oh that's an oscar bait movie yeah or this movie is clearly trying to you know make a formula uh like for example if it's a biopic about this famous figure who was marginalized in society that is yes. probably going to be nominated for an Oscar right? and there was also a huge joke back then in the '90s and the early 2000s where, oh, you want an Oscar, just make a film about the holocaust so there are lots of things about the Oscars where you know you can predict, but there are lots of things that you can also not predict uh, One aspect was the parasite in 2019, which was something that was unexpected and I hope that down the line, this was the turning point for a lot of the changes that we're going
0: to see moving forward with the Oscars. I know that there are a lot of, I guess, podcasts, posts about like recaps of the Oscars. I mean, there's obviously Big Picture, there's Cinephiles, there's um, Third World Cinema Club. There there are a lot of those. So I guess let's talk about very quickly, I guess. Um, What are your preliminary thoughts on the Oscar nominations and for you like give me two nominations that you like uh any category and then okay. one nomination that shouldn't be there and then one snub that you dislike like you wish that this person or or this this film was recognized for but was not unfortunately
2: yeah okay. uh
1: let's start with the two nominations i like so firstly i think it's quite obvious that driving my car being in best picture was a huge surprise uh, in the same vein as Parasite, of course. It being an international film, Parasite being from South Korea, Car being from Japan. So if this is a trend that's like two out of the three years so far where we had an international feature film in the best picture category. So I hope that this creates a trend down the line that we get more international films in the best picture category. and you know, aside from it being an international film, it's just really good. Like, Drive My Car is by Rizuki Hamaguchi, who you might know for films like Asuka 1 and 2, uh, Happy Hour, and even, like, last year, he also made a film called Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, which uh, I will review soon. But basically, Drive My Car is great because it's a three-hour slow burn about Uncle Vanya and grief, yet like, I haven't met anybody who dislikes this film. And it showed up in most of the critic top tens of the year. Yeah, Even in Barack Obama's list, it made it there. And, you yeah. know, Barack Obama is a great barometer for taste because he has an exceptional and exquisite standard when it comes to film. The second nomination that I like is Kristen Stewart for Actress. So there was this whole thing about how there are precursors to the Oscars, right? So there's the SAG Awards, there's the Golden Globes, and usually if you don't get nominated there, your chances of getting into the Oscars is pretty slim. And of course, Kristen Stewart wasn't going to be nominated in the BAFTAs because it is an award ceremony that is in large part organized by the royal family, and Kristen Stewart portrayed Princess Diana in the film Spencer. And that's quite a controversial topic, I guess, and very touchy for them. So I'm assuming that's part of the reason why she was nominated there. But lo and behold, she's nominated here, and I think she deserves it because Spencer was great, partly because, actually no, not just partly, mainly because of Kristen Stewart's amazing performance. So I'm glad she's here. In terms of the nomination that shouldn't be there, I think Don't Look Up, the film by Adam McKay, shouldn't be in editing. So If you guys didn't know, in the categories, the industry people who participate and partake in that category also vote for the nominations and the winners. So actors vote for actors, directors vote for directors, and in this case, editors vote for editing. And in the last three or so years, I feel like the editing category has always gotten it wrong in terms of nominations and sometimes even in wins there's this whole issue about bohemian rhapsody winning right it won for 20 the 2019 oscars yeah and, <laughs> and <laughs> I, yeah so I, I feel like the editing branch they put a lot of premium on if you get to do one sequence that's edited really well. So in Bohemian Rhapsody, it was, I guess, the ending, the concert, and if they notice that, they're probably gonna nominate you and even make you win. But they tend then to ignore a lot of the other things that occurred in the film, which is like that infamous bar scene where Freddie Mercury talks with uh, a soon-to-be manager and like, there's so many cuts I think there was a video from uh, Thomas Flight that uh, talked about that, and they basically said that that scene alone had more cuts than a Transformer action scene, and that is wild. But anyways, Don't Look Up has the same problems. <laughs> like The ending is well edited. Uh, I won't spoil the ending here for those who have seen it, but I think it was very emotional and very like affecting in the way it was edited as well but the rest of the film is not really, you know, that good in terms of editing. And I won't delve into it that much because that, you know, involves the specificities of editing. But basically it feels like if it were a child editing sequences and thinking that, oh, if I cut you early, it will be funny. And I'll do that six more times. And that's basically the editing of the film. And I think it shouldn't be an editing. All right, so this one I didn't like, was Spider-Man No Way Home. So Jace, listen to me. Once okay. again, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is an incredible piece of media. And I think it will change the cinema landscape for many years to come, right? Jace, do you agree? Your silence says so much, Jace.
0: No, I was just <laughs> unable to mute myself. OK, wait, are no, you're no, serious? No. Okay, Okay. no, I'm not serious.
1: Uh, the snub okay. was for Tick, Tick, Boom. Very briefly in Spider-Man No Way Home. I felt that if it were in Best Picture, I wouldn't be mad, right? Do you share the same sentiment,
0: Jace? Yeah, okay, here's the thing. Like, the Academy has celebrated comic book films in the past. I mean, we have 10 Best Picture nominees because... We expanded of to that picture. best picture nominees because of a comic book picture, because of Dark Knight, because it was snubbed, and it was nominated for other categories. And then people were saying that it should have been nominated for best picture because it was an achievement. And I have to agree with that. I think that it's a. I think that Dark Knight is actually a great film. Um, other people will disagree, but I think one of the good points is that you know a lot of people were able to see it. You know, and historically, the Academy hasn't has honored like has honored comic book films i mean there were nominations for things like the joker and uh, what else black panther black panther black panther is a very good example even logan logan got nominated for screenplay. i think screenplay yeah so you know people do see those you know those kinds of films um, but in general like they don't really like nominating films that are highly commercial or of a particular genre, usually sci-fi or um, horror. Um, you know, obviously Sina Lupita Nyong'o and Toni Collette weren't nominated yes. for their performances in *Us* and *Hereditary*, I, respectively.
2: I actually um, have a
1: theory about it. I feel like uh-huh. there's this quota in the Best Picture list where if okay. they've already nominated a sci-fi film or a film that is somewhat commercial, like this uh-huh. year it was *Dune*. I feel like if they do that, they can't do it again. <laughs> you know, like okay, the commercial spot was already taken by Dune. Yeah, uh, no more spots left. <laughs> and I think I also, they're trying to yeah. find a way around it, which we'll also talk later on. But go ahead, yeah. James.
0: Yeah, but then yeah, I I actually just so you can get back to your tic tick boom thing, I know. Um, I actually wouldn't have minded that they nominate Spider Man: No Way Home. I mean, there have been worse films. That have been nominated for best picture, and I think in, if not on the level of technical achievement, like like or narrative, like ingenuity, I do think that Spider Man No Way Home does hold something about, something in the popular landscape, in the landscape of cinema. It saved a lot of theaters, but it also displaced a lot of these best picture nominees. You know, um, Nightmare mm-hmm. Alley and Anuba nightmare alley french and West dispatch. Story, french <laughs> dispatch which was not nominated um yeah uh, so yeah the, those I, I think about those sometimes but yeah it's weird um i don't understand like what marvel would get out of another best picture nominee nomination like in honesty like yeah like if you think of the economics of it, like, it they it're already screening in all of the cinemas you know and they don't really need the validation of a, of an Oscar like stamp, right? Um, Just for, just for our listeners, um, historically, like people, people who have been nominated for Oscars in the past have like, for example, actors or actresses that have been nominated for Oscars in the past have had increased job security. They've had more roles, bigger roles, better pay. Um, This, obviously there's a huge gender wage gap in that, but, you know that's that's one of the examples of like the power of an oscar nomination um a win definitely solidifies a lot of those things and also with films like when you're nominated for an oscar usually more cinemas are willing to screen you for a very for a much longer time and usually it's a lot easier to do retrospectives because a lot of people sort of invest in the distribution aspect of it and in the archiving aspect of your film. So yeah, um, those are, I think, important things. Um, but I think all of those things are already accessible to Spider-Man, you know, and a lot of these other Best Picture nominees, I mean, like Drive My Car, you know, it it, it got a boost from the nomination alone, right? So And I think it needed that boost more than like a Spider-Man: The Way Home. So I don't really know what I feel. I wouldn't have minded, but at the same time, it's like that slot could have gone to someone else. I always think about that. Yeah. Anyway, back to you and your Tick-Tick Boom thing.
1: Okay, so for Tick-Tick Boom, I was surprised that it was snubbed because, for all of its flaws and for all of maybe the limitations of the source material, I thought that all things considered, it was an okay film like it was well made like it was a perfectly satisfying meal but the reason why i thought the academy would like it better and i i guess i overestimated them on this is that it is an oscar bait movie to some extent right like it wasn't marketed yeah. as such but mm-hmm. it's a film about the artistic process and it's a film about the struggle of creating art and the struggle of being this white man trying to navigate New York and create something that will inevitably like provide a lasting legacy to that field of like art. So given that, and remember when I said that the people who vote in these categories are from the industry. So because the people who are voting are industry people, I thought they would resonate more with a film about art and yeah. you know lots of parallels to the industry process and that just wasn't the case here uh mm-hmm. i mean granted tick, tick, boom got a nomination in other categories uh most especially best actor for andrew garfield which i think also was deserved tick tick boom and best picture was a surprise because i th- i didn't think nightmare alley would get in uh so i think if i were to replace a film there it would be nightmare alley or don't look up for tick tick boom but I think generally I'm still okay with the Best Picture nominees. I'm just really surprised that Tick Tick Boom didn't get in. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, same here. I I thought that the Tick Tick Boom, even if I thought it was like an okay film, I think that the first third of uh, first third or first two thirds of that film was genuinely affecting, and then it kind of rushed towards the end, you know. Um, and I do think that yeah, it it is like typical Oscar bait. I mean, it's a and it's sort of a biopic, like it's a loosely adapted biopic um, of a about like centered on a musical that was obviously autobiographical. And then it celebrates artistic process. It has all of these cameos from theater people that a lot of people really love. It's by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is, um, who is directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who a lot of people seem to love as well. Um, But I also think that it's a Netflix film, and there are already two Netflix films in the best picture uh, nominated, uh, two uh, two Netflix films already nominated for best picture. That's That's Power Power of the the Dog dog
1: and Don't Look
0: Up. And Don't Look Up, yeah. So, and I think that Netflix kind of funneled its campaigning into those films in all yeah. honesty so yeah I'd have... this supports the quota theory, right <laughs> like yeah. netflix only gets two quota spots in the best picture yeah. no no i think it's just the split i think you know academy academy voters definitely want to celebrate different kinds of cinema or at least i hope they do but you know i i i, I, I don't know i honestly don't know um all right Jace, yeah what but... are
1: your preliminary thoughts on the oscar nominations
0: Okay, I definitely agree with Drive My Car as Best Picture. Um, I'm, I'm super happy about that. I definitely agree with Kristen Stewart in Actress. I don't think she was doing something, I don't know if she was doing Princess Diana, but what she was doing was like immensely powerful, I think. Um, I also don't I also agree that Don't Look Up shouldn't be in editing. I also wish that honestly Spider-Man was there just to shake things up. But For my four that I want to talk about, um, I just wanted to breeze by affirmations for your opinions. Um, I'm really happy that Kirsten Dunst got nominated for Power of the Dog. I really genuinely think that she is a great actress. Um, I think you can look at her other films, you know, Melancholia and the like, Um, even Marie Antoinette, you know, Um, and these are films that she's, Previously been hated for, you know, at, at least with, you know, things like Bring It On, Spider-Man, um, Marie Antoinette, um, and the like. Like she's been hated for these films, and then eventually, like people started loving them. Um, it just wasn't, I guess, the time. I think that all of the films that she kind of enters have been pretty fascinating, in all honesty. And there was this one, I guess, interview wherein she. She confesses that she feels like she hasn't gotten any form of like recognition from her peers, and uh finally, like she gets it and i'm 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 very happy for her as well. I think that her performance in Power of the Dog was really, really moving, especially with how she portrays this kind of descent into. Not, not only madness, but also just exhaustion, you know, of, of trying to maintain a certain level of perfection or of trying to even hold it together, you know, and I think that I would watch the film for her alone. Um, it's definitely a film that you can watch for a lot of reasons, you know, for Jane Campion's Direction or Ari Wagner's um, cinematography or Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith McPhee, or Benedict Cumberbatch's performances. But for me, like the glue that really holds the film together is really Kirsten Dunst. Um, I just found the, the performance so compelling and I'm very happy that she's nominated for this. I feel like she's kind of overdue. Um, the second nomination that I'm really happy about is also Jesse Buckley. I think. Um, if you're if you've seen films like Wild Rose or i'm thinking of ending things or even all of her other like work, she has been a fantastic actress and she's super consistent as a performer um, I think that there's something about her her portrayal like her face is so i guess angelic and sweet but then how she approaches acting is very rough and raw and and I think that. Her performance in *The Lost Daughter*, which is a film by Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, that I'm actually surprised was not nominated. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not going to talk about that. Also a Netflix film, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I love Jessie Buckley here. I think she and Olivia Colman are one of the few people who've been nominated for the playing the same, uh, the same role, right?
2: So, yes, yeah. yes, actually.
0: Yeah. So I really love. I really love Jessie Buckley, and I'm very glad that she got a nomination because she's also like a fantastic singer, songwriter, all-around performer, and I hope that she gets more projects um, because of this. She has uh, men coming up, right? Yeah, Alex she has Garland. men. Yeah, Alex Garland. Is that an A24 film? That's an a yes, film, is. right? I think that's coming out May? Question mark? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the two—I'm not going to talk about a nomination that I think shouldn't be there because if we talk about that, we're going to be talking about a lot of people and a lot of things. Um, I guess two snubs that I, two two things that I wish that I think are snubs or like two people that I wish were recognized for their work. Um, the first is obviously Denis Villeneuve for Dune uh, and directing. Your guy. Uh, yeah, I love Denis. If anyone knows me, like I'm a huge fan of Denis. I love Arrival. Arrival is my favorite film of all time, I think. Maybe, not sure, prone to change, but I, I genuinely think that Dune is impossible. Like, it's impossible to think of Dune. It's impossible to honor Dune without honoring Denis, right? And there has been a lot of cases made for like why he was omitted from the nominations one of which was because um, Hamaguchi was there, um, and probably displaced him. Uh, That's a possibility, but I genuinely think it's also because um, the project, in terms of what kind of project it is, it's a very personal project. It's a film that requires his specific directorial vision and perspective um, that he brought from his childhood until now. Um, That's something that he shares with Kenneth Branagh, who was nominated for Belfast. I do not think that Belfast is a good film. I think it is aggressively mediocre. Um, but I, So that's why I'm very furious about Denis Omission, because I think that if there's something that is pushing the form in terms of directing and in terms of the kind of expansiveness of storytelling that we're looking at, I think that Denis is a better case than um, than, than Kenneth Branagh, uh, who is also directing Death of the Nile. Death, Death of the Nile, huh? Death uh, on the Nile. Death on the Nile, yeah. So, yeah, you know, also a train wreck. So I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> I mean, casting alone, it's a train wreck. But yeah. Um, Did you not second... see the
1: Twitter thread that was trying to, like, yeah. explain Gal Gadot's, like, Terrible
0: acting. Yeah, I, uh, No, I don't look at mediocrity. I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway, the second uh, snub that I'm really surprised about, Alana Haim in Licorice Pizza. I watched Licorice Pizza semi-recently, and I genuinely think that she is an amazing actress. I mean, the film would not, genuinely would not exist or would not be at the level it is, or maybe wouldn't even be held together without her. Um, I think all of the superlatives that people showered on Lady Gaga, I genuinely think should have been superlatives for her uh, because she she's amazing in the film. Like so real, so funny, so emotional, like just all around, excellent acting. And you know that it's not acting to show off, you know it's acting from a place of truth. And I think that there are a lot of actors who like to demonstrate how good they are, but it makes the story suffer. And I think that by focusing on like telling the story and being in service of like the larger narrative and of what Paul Thomas Anderson was thinking of in terms of the portrait of California I think that she actually is like honestly one of the best in this category that was not nominated you know so I'm very sad about that yeah
1: all right so Jace we're Filipinos for everybody listening uh, for your information we've submitted more than 30 local films since 1956 to the academy ever since the foreign language slash international feature film category was enacted. Mm -hmm. So all of those were submitted in the hopes of getting nominated or at the very least shortlisted. So what happened this year? I'm hearing about, you know, (laughs) (laughs) some Chica that we were not anywhere to be seen in Mm -hmm. terms of not just nomination, not just shortlist, but in terms of submission. So, yeah. what happened this year? Why didn't the Philippines submit an Oscar nomination?
0: Okay, so I wrote an article about this for Rappler. Um, it's called something like "The Philippines does not have an Oscar." Uh, the Philippines does not have an Oscar submission. Now what? Something like that. Um, Andrea Paraligan, I think from CNN Philippines Life, also wrote an article that interviews a bunch of filmmakers who were you know, who are involved in previous nominations and all of that, um, you should check um, their article out. Um, You should also check out Don Zhao Shan's article from CNN Philippines Live about what it takes to campaign for an Oscar, because I think this definitely factors into that, right? Um, So essentially, uh, what happened was when the deadlines passed, Um, Actually, even before the deadlines, I noticed that we hadn't submitted an Oscar, with uh, Oscar, we hadn't submitted a film for Oscar, um, not recognition, what's another word for it? Oscar consideration? Yeah, consideration. Um, And when the deadline passed, people started saying, you know, where's our Oscar, um, where's our Oscar submission, you know, in the past, you know, last year? Uh, I mean, in 2020, I think our submission was Mindanao. Um, In the past few years, we've been submitting some pretty regularly, actually. I think this is the first time in 16 years wherein we haven't had a film that was submitted for the Academy Awards. And, you know, I think the Directors Guild of the Philippines released a statement calling out the Film Academy of the Philippines, which is a government body that is specifically like running to submit an Oscar film and to hold the Luna Awards, um, saying that, you know, why didn't we submit a film to the Academy Awards? This is your job as a body. We had a lot of films that could have been, you know, nominated for, for an Oscar. I know, that could have been considered for an Oscar, you know. um, All of the MMFF films from last year, 2021, could have been submitted. On the job, The Missing Eight could have been submitted. I think the strongest case would have been made for either Whether the Weather is Fine, which is a film by Carlo Manapad, and On the Job, The Missing Eight, which is a film by Eric Matty. Both of those films are pretty celebrated. They have a lot of great reviews. They are on the top lists of like many Asian film. Criticism websites, and at the same time um they were pretty much yeah they pretty much toured in different film festivals, so we actually had a really good chance of I guess the closest chance we have ever had in recent years to being nominated for or being shortlisted at least for an and
1: Oscar. and the rules for having yeah, a film be considered was a lot less strict this time right
0: yeah uh-huh, so like before, you needed to screen in US theaters for a limited number of, uh, for a set number of days, um, specifically I think in New York or LA or and the like, but because of the pandemic, um, they allowed films that were released via streaming platforms um, or films that were screened locally through streaming platforms or and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure, please double check that, listeners. Um, the documents are all online, uh, one of the great powers of being in a digital age. But yeah, um, the, when the Directors Guild of the Philippines um, released that statement a few days later, Vivian Veles, who is I think the Director General of the Film Academy of the Philippines, stated that uh, they don't have money to like submit an Oscar film and whatnot. Um, which is a very weird statement uh, because all it needs is really an email. Um, the campaigning process is mostly performed by, at least to my knowledge at least, mostly performed by, a, by the filmmakers themselves. Uh, sometimes they receive funds from the government through the FTCP or maybe even the FAP, but you know, generally it's really just an email um, and the selection process um, it's not something that we know a lot about. Um, actually, in the process of trying to write that article, um, the Film Academy of the Philippines is actually pretty unreachable. Like their website is leading to a spam site. Their email address um, results in a failure of notice. You know, <laughs> their all of their social media sites were unresponsive. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So basically, and their posts they're they're were, ghosting us. Yeah, sort of. And, you know, um, it links back to a lot of other problems as well. Um, In the past as well, like the Film Academy of the Philippines hadn't gotten a lot of its amusement tax from the Metro Manila Film Festival, apparently. Um, They released an article about this um, through the Philippine Daily Inquirer. I suggest you check that out. So it's a lot of interconnected kind of failures across time. Um, And I think that, the great thing that the Directors Guild of the Philippines really called for was to really reassess the purpose of the Film Academy of the Philippines and the process of how we select our Oscar nominations, um, which is great because at least someone's kind of taking the lead. But yeah, it's kind of just sad because, you know, we we have a lot of great films, you know, and sometimes campaigning or just even submitting a film is just, hindered by bureaucratic processes or um, the funding not necessarily going to the campaigning process or even to the making of the film you know um, but according to the post by FAP, like most of their initiatives were went to the most of the initiatives went to the film workers and you know making sure that the workers particularly under them are you know, doing better or doing okay. I don't know to what extent, but I do hope that that's true. And I just hope that this year if we do decide to submit, I think that I hope that it's through like a better submission process. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's it for now. Uh yeah. It's a lot of interconnected things. Maybe we can dedicate like a separate session to this because uh it's really connected to like legislation and the film development council of the philippines and also the metro manila film festival and a lot of other things so yeah also generally
1: just how hard it is to campaign for a film
0: yeah because it make it takes a lot of money because i mean if you look at the grants that you know the fdcp gives out i think that the grants are only what uh, maybe $10,000, that's a lot of money for the Philippines, but that's not a lot of money in the pool of like Oscar nominations, you know. But I think that the Oscars this year have significantly changed. Before, you know, obviously they required that you premiere in a U.S. theater and the like, but now for you to be considered for awards, you can actually just stream online online. And it's become increasingly festival dependent, you know, and a lot of Filipino films actually do well in international film festivals. So maybe that's something to think about as well. Yeah. So, okay. So obviously, this is a really unfortunate event, right? But other than this local issue that we had with Oscars as a country... What do you know? What 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 are the issues surrounding the Oscars in general? Like, especially more recently. I know that we, we were talking about this um, yeah, <laughs> privately, but yeah, I, I'll let Ryan take over this because he has a lot of very interesting things to say.
1: Okay, I'm glad you asked because, okay, the local issue is admittedly very depressing, but I think the issues here are just, you know, it's like, it's lighthearted in the sense that Because their issues, it's funny because we can laugh at the Academy for a lot of the things that they initially intended to do, but are now, you know, backfiring right in front of them. So the first issue is the fan favorite voting in Twitter. So the history of this was that I think in 2018, when Black Panther released, so in the lead up to the 2019 Oscars, there were also inklings of a fan favorite, like category for the Oscars. And lots of people were saying and theorizing, and I think like it wasn't just really theorizing. It was mostly like, yeah, this is the case. Like they're doing this because one, ABC is the parent company of the Oscars and ABC is under Disney and Black Panther and Marvel is also under Disney. So part of this push for this category is most likely motivated to get Black Panther a oscar nod or at least a win right so that happened but you know black panther got nominated for best picture so it wasn't an issue as much but there certainly was that feeling of the academy wants to pander (laughs) to the comic book movie going audience which makes up the most of the box office revenue right now so fast forward to 2022 And in the lead up to the Oscars, obviously there was Spider-Man No Way Home becoming I think the sixth highest grossing film of all time right now. And it wasn't nominated for best picture. And in light of that, the fan favorite category is finally here. Obviously, once again, it is theorized and I think it's quite obvious that it is for a film like Spider-Man No Way Home. the Highest grossing film of 2021 you know, revived a lot of theaters and, you know, generally close to universal praise, right? What's happening right now is really funny because I don't know if you've Steven, heard this little film called Cinderella.
0: I hate starring this Starring
1: Camilla Cabello. I've seen it as well, but I haven't seen the first half because I entered in like this watch party like midway into the film. And God, was it a horrible watch. And I watched oh it God. with my friends. And that, I think, was what made it enjoyable for me. Like, crapping <laughs> on the film. But anyways, I believe that Cinderella resonated <laughs> with a certain demographic. So I'm assuming the mothers who were forced to watch this with their teenage uh girls who probably got a kick out of it. Or the people on Twitter who stand Camila Cabello? Because right now, <laughs> Cinderella is leading in the fan-favorite vote. So actually, you can vote right now if you're listening to this.
0: How so do you, you vote, Ryan? How do you vote?
1: Uh, you can use the hashtag OscarsFanFavorite, I think. Okay. And then you can put the name of the film that you want to nominate and it's going to be counted
0: and you can vote multiple times wait so ryan have you nominated anything i haven't nominated anything i don't okay. want to get into it yet i kind of want to nominate some stuff
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway, i'll go. ask you what you want to nominate okay um, but basically cinderella is leading and now you see why it's backfiring in front of the academy's face because an award originally for Spider-Man No Way Home is suddenly going to go to this Amazon Prime video film where one of its most infamous moments was when James Corden was, you know, (laughs) putting his rodent bulge out there in the streets of LA and became like this huge meme. And now it's leading the fan favorite vote. And I think that's like insane. So why is it that, this is problematic so one i just generally think fan favorite votes are stupid there was also very similarly unrelated to film an issue about (laughs) fan favorite votes in another field so that was the nba so in basketball there's this thing called the all-star weekend where fans get to vote their favorite nba players to be starters and they will join up as a team and they'll they'll fight against another team that was voted by fans as well. So obviously the famous NBA players get voted in. So your LeBron James, your Steph Curry's, your your Yanis on the Tecumpos and everything, right? So what happened was there was this K-pop idol who was the brand ambassador for the Golden I did State not Warriors. <laughs> Yeah okay so this is the first time you're hearing about this. Uh, this is a very interesting story actually, a very interesting case study. So there is this idol called Bam Bam, and he tweeted to his fans to vote for a player in the Golden State Warriors who is not Steph Curry, who is not Clay Thompson, who is not like household name Andrew Wiggins. Like he's an okay player, right? But not all star caliber. Like that's generally accepted that he wasn't all-star starter like material so they voted him because of the command of this idol and he got in and that was like genuinely surprising for a lot of people like the power of k-pop stats and the power of like mobilizing in twitter and everything so the sort of consequence of that is that wait a minute <laughs> twitter votes are kind of like janky and can be like prone to a lot of influence of you know a lot of factors so the same is probably uh-huh. happening here so i think i feel like you know it's it speaks more to the strength of camilla cabello fans like instead of like the weakness of spider-man the Way home right like i feel like you cannot underestimate the power of 12 year old teenagers on a bluebird app who will tweet endlessly and of course there's also the issue of bots who can vote over and over again, yeah right? it's
0: really i think it's really the bots also like even people who hate camilla like they will probably tweet about this They're like, exactly. honestly it's also it's easy yeah, yeah it's
1: an endless loop because the news cycles right now are saying uh, Cinderella is leading and then obviously that's with the that's with the hashtag Oscar fan favorite and then yeah. more people are engaging it. So like <laughs> it becomes a loop we're in. Okay, Cinderella is gonna get more attention now because you know there was this group of people who had a calculated like effort to make it to the top and now Spider-Man no way home and the discussion around it is like being diluted. And I'm not sure because the Oscars hasn't really said how they will account for the votes, so they might change it i'm not sure but right yeah. now on twitter if you look at it right now cinderella is leading so that's really a funny issue that's um so okay funny. let me ask you now jace okay. what would you nominate for the fan favorite
2: mm,
0: i would want to nominate like i would want to nominate something like whether the weather is fine definitely mm-hmm. um Just because I also know that the Katniel stands will, like, back that up. Do you get what I mean? I get Uh, that. So I feel like maybe we'd have a chance. But also, I don't know, like, a fan favorite. What would you nominate? You know what I'm thinking?
1: Not that you brought up whether the weather is fine.
0: Ah. And
1: I realize, you know, the Philippines is one of the most social media active people in the planet. Yeah. Do you think this is our best chance to get an Oscar? I mean Maybe. you also, dude we have loads of bots in this country. Just look at the elections. <laughs> like, Ooh, you know, can't I'm not gonna <laughs> say anything. Can, you can't we use that to our disposal to get an Academy Award? I mean, come on. Really? But anyways, <laughs> I don't know. Uh seriously though, what I would vote. I don't know. I think I would vote for Spider-Man. Like
2: Really? I don't honestly, think it I
1: needs it. Would. I don't think it needs it. I mean I'm willing to give, like, the academy a bone here. <laughs> okay, I'll just vote it because I I clearly know this is what you want, right? Like, okay. and 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 personally, I like No Way Home as well, so I'm okay with giving a nod to that. I'm actually not sure if they're gonna have like a nomination, like the top five of like uh, the fan favorite, because like I, think I feel like be okay,
0: I feel like they'll just nominate one. I feel like it's yeah. I would want to nominate something like something weird like
1: uh like what, what? Are, what were the weird, weird films this year
0: i don't know 2021 i don't know like jackass forever i know that that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a, 2022, that's a 2022. Right? Yeah. um oh maybe the suicide squad or what? actually i have a friend who who nominated the suicide squad i love that i don't yeah. know i don't know if it's a fan favorite oscar i i, I just i don't know i think that Historically like I say, it's it's the fan favorite aspect. Like it's very clear that the Oscars aren't fan favorite, a fan favorite thing. Yeah. It's not an MTV you know? movie in TV. Yeah, away, so I, I just I think that it clashes with what they do. And it's obvious because how they're implementing that voting thing is is through Twitter. <laughs> like what?
1: Yes, what? Twitter, the amazing barometer for audience tastes, right? Yeah,
0: but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I would nom- I feel like I would also nominate- Oh, I would nominate He's All That from Netflix. Just oh a horrible God. movie. <laughs> Just a horrible movie. Terrible. Actually,
1: why doesn't Netflix do a calculated effort to, like, use their social media
2: accounts to,
0: like- Because they don't need it. Like, they don't- they- but they don't need it. They all like, are all nominated for these things. What about Tall Girl 2, right? <laughs> like What about oh what about
1: those films that they spend millions on and it. they want to get like a return
0: on? Why it? did you bring up Tall Girl 2? <laughs> Tall Girl 2 is horrible. Or like The Kissing Booth, right? There was
1: another one
2: last year. Oh, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah there, I think there was. But yeah, you see, like, these, you know, people, like, the Academy, this just proves that the Academy is also kind of clueless, you know, as much as I say that it's like economically important, I think artistically it has gotten like more and more questionable, <laughs> like in all <laughs> honesty. Not to say Naman uh, before it was like the bastion of unquestionability. I think that in fairness, Naman, it 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 kind of has taken some of the notes, you know, like expanding the categories, um, changing the international feature title. But I think we'll talk about that later. But um and even you know, just expanding it to an international like voting body. But I you know, like it's pretty it's still pretty clueless about what it means to celebrate celebrate cinema, you know? Like at the and at the same time, like you were you were talking about you were talking about earlier the how the yung viewership, the viewership has been decreasing. Well, that's generally television. I mean even, even other, you know, other, other award ceremonies, even other, even television itself, like, hasn't been doing that well because people are now on streaming platforms. People are now, you know, able to pirate their films and their television shows, you know? So people aren't watching through, uh, through the same screen anymore. You know, it's, it's the viewing, the, process of viewing something is completely different and i think that's what they really need to (laughs) that's what they really need to adapt it into rather than like making this fan favorite voting whatever (laughs) actually you raise a
1: great point like i think part of the fan favorite thing as well is to boost
0: the viewership numbers. because yeah. like they're not gonna watch. Like these people aren't gonna watch. They're gonna get their views <laughs> on Twitter. They're already <laughs> true, on Twitter, you If they wanted to vote, they would make it television specific. But you know, I I don't know. Sometimes, you know, the Oscars are not. You know, some is the Oscars are composed of some of the most brilliant, like artistic minds in the world. You know, I'm genuinely surprised that they choose this particular you know route of celebrating. <laughs> Something that is widely beloved, but isn't, you know, getting the recognition. That's, uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck, Academy. <laughs> like good luck, Academy Awards. You basically dug your own grave here. But anyways, the next <laughs> issue, also kind of not an issue, but just kind of funny. So, viewership numbers, right? Uh, there were lots of talk about the Academy bringing yeah. back hosts to this year. Because yeah. in the previous two years, they went away with hosts because there was always a controversy with the hosts that they were choosing. And
0: when did that start? Hard, did that I start with Kevin Hart?
1: With Kevin Hart. For okay. that sense. 2018, the I'm year when sure. Green Book won. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, like, people realized that not having a host and just having a group of people like enter and go out and say the sort of winners. It was actually a lot more like exhausting, I guess, like because a lot of these people, like I guess the organization of them left a lot to be desired. Like I think the actor of 1917, I forgot his name, back in the 2020 Oscars, uh, like he made a joke about it, like uh the camera went to him, and then he said, "So here I am about to introduce to you another person who will introduce another person who will introduce to you the winners of this category." <laughs> and like he kind of just points out the absurdity of it all, so I feel like that's part of the reason why they went back to having hosts, but this time, it's three hosts and there were lots of petitions for uh certain trios to host so one of them was the cast of only murders in the building which i watched just so that i can potentially get the in jokes that they will make so that's selena gomez uh martin short and steve martin (laughs) and this was an idea that was floated because steve martin and martin short i think uh, hosted the Oscars or like other awards or movies before, um, and they were like generally a popular trio because Only Murders in the Building like did well, I guess. The other trio that was floated was the three Spider Men, so that was Tom Holland, the Oscar nominated Andrew Garfield, okay. and Tobey Maguire. So yeah, the only
0: Oscar nominee among the three of them. That is, I cool. hope Tom remembers that. Anyway, <laughs> continue, continue.
1: Okay, Sorry, film. I love Tom.
0: I have a huge crush on Tom. It, no, no shade, yeah,
1: but yeah. I've actually just saw Uncharted, and it oh. is hard to see him there. <laughs> but anyways, that's for another day. But anyways, that is, sad. that is a topic that was floated. So a trio of hosts. Eventually, the Academy filtered it down to three people, uh, which are Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall. So there was immediately a blowback against this. A lot of people were targeting Amy Schumer as, I feel, I feel like there was this tweet from the Oscar expert that was like, if you wanted to boost viewership numbers and like sort of like re-energize a lot of the people watching the Oscars, why would you pick Amy Schumer? So there's a lot of, like, I guess, criticisms against Amy Schumer as somebody who doesn't have, I guess, the level of charisma that could potentially be maintained for like, I don't know, three hours. Like this is the Oscars, is gonna last for three hours. And they kind of need like a lot of like energy and like sort of like jive, especially in the hosting. And Schumer also recently came out a few days ago. And I feel like this is sort of kind of a joke as well. So she said, and I quote, I'm not sure who thought this was a good idea. But I am hosting the Oscars along with my good friend Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall. I better go watch some movies. And so obviously, she's also not like doing yeah. herself a favor. Personally, I like <laughs> Regina Hall. I think that she's gonna do a great job. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't actually seen much from Wanda Sykes. So she is hilarious. Know. I love okay. her. Uh I'm excited for her as well. Then I'll take your word for it. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like not a lot of people expected this I think a lot of people were expecting more of like the contemporary star power like the Tom Hollands and the Selena Gomezes and whatnot. but yeah <laughs> unfortunately that was okay. the case. what do you think about this Jace?
0: I don't know I you know i mean, we've had a share or a share of like horrible Oscar pairings right I mean Anne Hathaway and James Franco I think come to mind uh i don't know they hosted the oscars what year was this
1: i might I've not have that. been following this yet yeah but
0: then yeah um 2000 yeah something like that anyway um i love regina hall i think she's she's in great movies this year from sundance so i hope this doesn't like dampen her streak uh i i also think that wanda sykes is very funny although i haven't been watching a lot of her stuff recently i th- i don't know I, I like amy Schumer, i don't know the controversies around her i'm pretty sure my th- those feelings might change eventually but you know i um, i don't know why they would go for for these three particularly yeah it's not
1: honesty. like it's not a bump against the three of them it's yeah, they're, just...
0: they're great it's just that i would have figured like mix and day at host
2: yeah. I, I
0: actually thought i actually thought that they would Get Tom Holland or Zendaya to host because I think na they're like the closest to
2: a look really movie good. star. Yeah, right? and
1: like diba? and like part of the draw as well of getting into the Oscars is the actors who are gonna go to the red carpet and they're gonna yeah. interact with each other. And like imagine forcing Tom Holland and Zendaya to interact for or like even three just hours.
0: Zendaya. Like honestly, it could have been Tom Holland, Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet. That is. Okay, wow, that yeah. that is actually a
1: great idea because also, the they... press with Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet versus the press with Zendaya and Tom Holland, like yeah. the the difference is night and day, and like Zendaya clearly is down for Tom Holland and not for Chalamet. But
0: go ahead, Jay. Oh, pero I think that also Zendaya is like a, is just a great like like host, honestly, like but. But you see, they're obviously like anxious people, and but I think that in terms of film knowledge, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya are definitely like up there in terms of film knowledge. I think that in terms of like pop culture savvy and like drawing in younger audiences, I definitely think that Zendaya and Tom Holland are like up there because their following is insane, right? Yeah. um So I don't know. I I, I would have. I think that right now considering what was nominated and considering what who the hosts are i think it will draw in like a crowd that is also kind of older they're not trying to like bring in a younger crowd which is in all honesty that's the crowd they need to bring in right
2: no, that's um, true.
0: yeah so yeah, I, I'm, I'm i'm not sad about it i want to see how it goes but you know i'm I'm also just very skeptical of the chemistry of these three comedians because i actually haven't seen them work together yet
2: that's like true. together together yeah. they should
1: have gotten like trios or like duos that are more guaranteed
0: to have had chemistry yeah but i i, I don't i don't know who would i, I can't think of anyone right now uh, who would be like delightful and and actually, like beloved by the academy, you know, <laughs> I, I can't think of that right now. Yeah. All right. So, Jace, mm-hmm.
1: what do you feel about issues surrounding the international representation in this year's Oscars? Because I think this year, international representation sort of is a topic of discussion now, especially with, you know, the new changes and like the, the new strides and the best picture category and whatnot. But,
0: anyways. Yeah, what do you think?
2: Generally, this
0: is my these are my personal feelings. I think that the Oscars themselves they don't really nominate the best films like of that specific year. Like they nominate films that celebrate Hollywood. They nominate films that celebrate American storytelling. You know, um, more often than not, there are obviously outliers. Like Drive My Car is, I think, like not necessarily not that at all. Like it's very much an art house darling, you know. And I, more recently, because of the expansion of the best picture and the kinds of things that they want for viewership, I think that they've slowly been, and even with the changes in the nominations processes, I think that they've slowly been choosing films that appear um, that appeal to a more broad population or that have more of a I guess broad theme does that make sense but they're not they're not nominating things that are exciting that are formally like challenging you know Um, yeah or, or or weird you know they're not known for those things but then I just wish that they kind of also did for me the real best the real best picture race is always in the international categories I think I think that most of the nominees for best international feature, especially this year actually, are way better than a lot of the best picture nominees. Uh, but you know, you can't always have it, the the world, right? Um, one of the things that I think is a immense issue in the Oscars is definitely the fact that they don't nominate people from international films in the acting categories that is you know true. i think hidetoshi i think hidetoshi nishijima like from drive my car gave one of the most amazing subtle performances in in recent memory but like he Andri- wasn't and there you know Reinsver, i think uh, from worst person in the world carried that film you know even Agath roussel in titan or um anna maria bartolome from the happening you know like those are excellent performances that far outclass like a lot of these actors you know um even anders anderson lee i think who is axel in uh the worst person the worst in the person. world yeah he's he's excellent and I, I just wish i just wish that they took a shot at these performances and you know there are publications out there like little white lies um Little White Life, New York Times, Mubi, who obviously like celebrate these performances. But sometimes like the academy voters themselves hinge on the buzz of a particular film, but they don't actually watch the film and see the performances in it. And that's why I think in general, like wins or nominations for, you know, the sag win I think for or nomination for Parasite was like a huge thing because finally. Ayun, may, may stuff, And I think we can tackle more about that in terms of the next question, which is what changes do you want to see in the Oscars, Ryan? Alright, so for
1: the changes, the one change that I really want to see is the international feature film category to expand from its current number of nominations allowed, which is 5 to 10. So it becomes similar to the best picture category, which is allows for 10 nominations. Okay, context. So countries can only send one submission to this category every year. So if the Philippines supposedly were to send a film, like let's say it's Kun Mo It Panahan versus On the Job 2, uh, the Philippines has to choose only one. And that's the same for every other country. Uh, that's why Titan and Happening, we're fighting it in France for, what was going to get their, you know, like submission for the Oscars. Because it is really, really competitive and because countries do have to choose their best films, I feel like it's only appropriate to expand the nomination list in order to sort of recognize those films, right? Because imagine right, this is a category that Explicitly asks countries to pick the best of the best. And then you only get five nominations for that. But for best picture, you get yeah. 10 of that. Yeah. Like, it feels weird to me that, like, that is the case. And there's a lot of, like, issues about that category in particular throughout the history. Like, there was the issue with Nigeria, because back then the rules were the film needed to be spoken in majority foreign language for it to be nominated but Nigeria uh had a film that was primarily spoken in English because uh newsflash in Nigeria their official language is English and because of that you know weird rule it wasn't nominated for uh the international feature film category but regardless like these films are great and like what Jay said most of the time the race in this category is a lot better or at least the quality Of the films in this race is a lot better than the Best Picture category, and the reason why the Best Picture category is just getting a lot of clout is because usually it's the big Hollywood studios and like the indie darlings, the ones that are the buzziest, basically get in. But for international feature film category, I feel like most of the films that are in here are those that made a buzz in like Cannes or like uh, Venice and like uh, all other international uh film festivals that also made their way to the U.S. I don't know like I feel like because there are so many moving parts that exist in the international feature film category that sort of filters quality I feel like there should be more opportunities to see that quality recognized so yeah that's basically it in terms of changes that I would like to see
0: I just wish they would, I I super, I I agree with what you said, like the expansion to the 10, and then a lot of the international category problems, that, that rule comes from this idea of nationalist representation, right? Like how would you want to represent Filipino cinema? What is the best of Philippine cinema? What is the best of Vietnamese cinema? What is the best of Laotian cinema, you know? So, so, those kinds of things and we know the man that like it's impossible for one film to carry on it on its back like the image of the entire nation right and more more importantly like I think there's a Vox like there's a great Vox article on this like how a lot of authoritarian countries also use that as a form of soft power you know so instead of nominating films that get into Cannes or like Venice and the like um, or even like films locally that were made that were excellent, they usually forward propaganda, you know and or they, yeah, and and the like. So that's very tough, right? Especially for countries that aren't very transparent about their selection processes because it's rife with you know corruption, it's rife with ideological suppression as well or artistic suppression or political censorship and all of that so yeah it's really hard like yeah and I guess the change that I would like to see in the Oscars honestly would just be expansion to recognize more international talent definitely but also just I want to see more risks you know in 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 what they decide to nominate uh, i feel like in general people are very vanilla about what they want to nominate they nominate safe they nominate safe, safe stuff i mean Titan like is not nominated when even if i think like it deserves a best international feature recognition and even a best know uh, best director for julia um because it's really an achievement in directing um yeah so i i, I think about that as well i also just hope that like the oscars finally just tap into a younger audience in all honesty so i i have a lot more thoughts but i i I keep forgetting them because i just want so much of it to change yeah
1: all right so we won't do predictions in this episode that will arrive in a future episode when we're closer to the march oscar ceremony definitely before we go what other Oscar nomination stands out to you? So let's give two each. Okay. So do you
0: want to start? Yeah, I just love I just love Paul Thomas Anderson like getting nominated for best director. Um I I don't know. I don't I'm still figuring out my feelings about the Gersh Pizza, but I do love him as a filmmaker. I don't know if he'll win, in all honesty. But yeah, um also, I'm really happy that Ariana DeBose gets nominated. Um, oh, I'm.
1: So, oh my yeah. god, West Side Story. She's amazing.
0: She's an excellent actress, I think, and I think that I'm a huge fan of Steven Spielberg. But I also think that Ariana is the kind of performer that really breaks in to like breaks into the industry, and like this is like one of possibly many films that she'll finally get, you know, because of an Oscar nomination as well. So Ian, I like um that scene
1: in West Side Story with Anita, her character, and um with Maria, should I be spoiling a 60-year-old film? (laughs) But like basically there's a scene between them and it's a duet. Yeah. And Ariane is really good there and like it brought me to tears like she's a
0: great she's a great performer like she's a true like triple or even quadruple threat like she's a singer she's a dancer she's an actor and she's like I don't know there's just you know you kind of just need like an x factor like as a as an actor you know to embody something and I think that the stars kind of just aligned for her uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy about that. I am I'm, I'm sure that there are other technical, technical stuff that should be I should be talking about, but that's the one that comes to mind. What about you?
1: I really like the Jane Campion director non. Okay. Yeah. And I really like Power of the Dog, <laughs> like it's the front runner right now. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, as of March. No. No. February 2022 up to March 1, like this week. Right now, Mm -hmm. it is Power of the Dog that is leading. I think in terms of guaranteed wins, I think Mm -hmm. Jane Campion should get that best director. It's also nice because last year, Chloe Zhao, of course, won best director for Nomadland, becoming, I think, only the second woman director to win that award. And you might get the third one the following year. So I think that's cool. And I think that's a much needed step for the Academy that has rarely recognized female directors, even in the nominations. So I appreciate that. And it's also a nice coincidence that Gene Campion is once again going against Steven Spielberg. I know. <laughs> uh, 1993, they went against each other for Schindler's List and The Piano and Steven Spielberg won. And while I do like West Side Story, I do think that Jane Cambion's directorial achievement in terms of the atmosphere and in terms of how quiet but insanely intense and like this, like what you said a while ago, like the slow descent into exhaustion and madness in The Power of the Dog is great. Like the subtlety and the refinement in her craft is definitely there. Uh basically I love Jane Capion Um the other thing that I want to note is I like the Andrew Garfield Best Actor nomination because I think he's one of the best actors of his generation.
2: He's we'll, so hot. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah,
1: we'll play right, but I feel like uh he ran circles around everybody in No Way Home. I mean it's been released and it's the sixth highest grossing film of all time. So I'm pretty sure you know that he's in that film, and I personally feel that in films like *Hacksaw Ridge* and *Silence*, so his films after *Spider-Man*, I feel like he was severely underrated. Uh, he was nominated for *Hacksaw Ridge*, um, but I think he was a lot better in *Silence*, the Martin Scorsese film, uh, him being a Jesuit priest who is confronted with uh the contradictions of faith and whatnot. And I think he gives a very emotional performance there. Uh, I think he should have won for that, uh, I think. And mm-hmm. I think also it's been an amazing year for him, like in 2021. Like if it weren't a year for musicals, it probably would be a an Andrew Garfield year. Because like the amount of exposure he had throughout like this whole season of of promotion and like spider-man of course and that who was surprised like i think he's currently in the cultural zeitgeist and i feel like we shouldn't pass him up because what if down the line he gets the win for another film for a lesser performance and then we sort of retrospectively agree that yeah he should have won for tick tick Bloom. or like yeah he should have won for like this other film I kind of don't want that to happen for him. I but think that happens, But that always it's happens, Ryan. But that always happens. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, with all the changes that's happening, I hope that they do recognize him. But I think it's an uphill battle for him. Because right now the front runners are Benedict Cumberbatch, Will Smith and Denzel Washington. Like that's a three-headed dragon that I think provides an yeah. uphill battle for Andrew Garfield. But I I still think he has Sort of a chance. He he. Did he win Golden loops, or was Wait. it Benedict Cumberbatch?
0: I didn't. I don't know. I didn't follow it because I don't know. Questionable, in Golden Globes, yeah. right? Golden really,
1: really questionable. Hollywood, foreign Graws. We're not gonna talk. Yeah, we're uh, not gonna talk yeah. About that. But yeah. I just hope that Andrew Garfield has a chance. You know, like I'm okay if Benedict Cumberbatch wins, as I really like Power of the Dog, mm-hmm. but. I would appreciate if Andrew Garfield won, that's it. Okay. All right, any final thoughts, Chase, before we go?
0: No, I'm good. I just hope that people use the Oscars as a starting point and look outside of it to see, like, some excellent films that are often snubbed by the Academy, you know? The world doesn't revolve around the US power, okay? Like, there are so many great films outside of it. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: What about you? (laughs)
1: I hope that there is a sleeper winner. Same. In the major
0: categories. It would be so boring, if voila. It would be so boring. It
1: would, because there's two trajectories that this season can take. It can take the 2017 route, where the nominations are generally great, but the film that ultimately won was the film that everybody knew and thought was going to win which was The Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro, right? Or it could go the 2019 route where the film, which everybody sort of likes underneath, wins and takes over the film that everybody thinks will win. So I feel like those are the two routes that this season can take, uh, which also speaks volumes about the unpredictability of the Academy now after like all the changes that occurred and after like a lot of the new things that they're including in and the new voters mm-hmm. they've they've brought in okay. so yeah I'm I'm excited I'm excited for March I'm always yeah. excited during Oscar season anyways but yeah yeah same here all right so let's do the outro so how what's our outro again is it it's just me right
2: Yes, it's should, just you. There should,
1: be, there should be music playing over this yeah. already. All right. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy their Oscar nomination discussion. So, don't forget to drink your water, guys. And see you soon. Cine Simps.
2: Bye. <laughs>